Good morning. It is January 29th, 2024. This is episode 61 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. I cannot believe it. I have done this 61 days in a row, everybody. I set a goal and I am keeping it. And I'm having a lot of fun just uh, sharing my story out there and keeping y'all updated on what I'm learning, what I'm going through, and the people I'm meeting along the way. Speaking of people I'm meeting along the way, I have a special guest coming tomorrow, which I am very excited about. Her name is Sarah Williams. I met her. She actually came to my open mic about a week ago, and then she ended up opening for me at the show that I did uh, Saturday night at Vito's, and it was there. I didn't really talk to her when she was at the open mic, but um, when she opened for me in the green room, you know, backstage, we're all, you know, talking, and she started telling the host what all of her credits were, and her credits are, I was like, what? It's like she's been on America, Ni- American Ninja Warrior. Um, oh, shoot, I don't remember the other reality shows, and two other reality shows. And I and I'm going like wait what? And then she she does like yoga with goats or something. I'm just like uh, okay, I gotta figure out what's going on with this woman because she sounds like a very interesting dreamer and entrepreneur. And so she agreed to be on the podcast tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. And let's see. Yesterday uh, I had my open mic again, and she was actually at the open mic. And it was really fun. I did a brand new bit that I have just started thinking about. I haven't really worked it out yet. It's just sort of, well, it's just a story. And so I'm just telling the story and trying to work out where the beats are in the story. And then I did a very, very old bit of mine. One of the first bits that I ever wrote And I haven't done it in years. And I had just been thinking about it, just going, you know, I should resurrect that really old joke. Probably, I wrote it maybe seven, eight years ago, maybe even longer, maybe nine years ago. And it was really fun to do that again. And it it got some laughs. It got some uh, traction there at the uh, old open mic. So that's always fun as... A comedian, when you write something, you put it away for a while, you don't think about it for whatever reason. I mean, it was always a decent bit. It always did okay. But for some reason, I, it just wasn't something that I kept doing or kept in my uh, in my lexicon, as it were. And so, yeah, it was fun to resurrect that. And let's see, I am very, very disappointed in the outcome of both football games yesterday. If you are watching the NFL, the two teams I did not want to win won. I so badly wanted the Lions to win. I wanted that for that franchise so bad, and I'm so mad that it's the 49ers again. Just another iteration of that franchise, which has just been dominant so many years of the NFL history, and now they have this fairy boy, magical quarterback. I do like that story, though. I will say this. Now that it's the 49ers and the Chiefs, I am all in on the 49ers for no other reason than Brock Purdy. 
Because as I talked about yesterday, I love the underdog stories. I love the unsung heroes. I love the people who had been ruled out, counted out, overlooked, who somehow, because they're dreamers, stick to it, don't give up. And when their opportunity comes, they shine. Oh, I am going to. Gonna pop that camera angle up a little bit. So anyway, but there we go. So we've got the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And so again, I always root for the underdog, which I assume in this case, the 49ers are the underdog, just because everybody's obviously going to be comparing Brock Purdy, the uh Mr. Irrelevant, I think second year. I think this I think he was a rookie last year. And of course, the seasoned Patrick Mahomes, Ooh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey, who's dating, of course, Taylor Swift. I have to look at one more camera shot of that owner's booth or wherever T-Swift hangs out with Patrick Mahomes' wife and just see her gushing over Travis Kelsey. Uh, I actually think it's cool. I love Young Love. Um, I'm just not happy that the Lions didn't, didn't make it all the way. I love it when a team who has never won the Super Bowl wins the Super Bowl. So that's why the 49ers and the Chiefs, who have won multiple Super Bowls, each franchise, I'm just like, no, I want an underdog to get it. I wanted the Lions to get it, and they were doing so good. Okay, I need to let go of that. So, um, this week, I've only got one show, but it's out of town, which I am looking forward to. So, I'll be heading to San Diego for a private house party. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. I guess it's going to be like 30 people or something all hanging out in a living room or something. And wanted some comedy. So, I... uh, I got the gig through a comedian friend of mine, Mr. Andrew Norelli, the very, very, very funny Andrew Norelli. He's an incredible stand-up comedian, and now he is uh, mentoring me and helping me get get on the right path, I guess. (laughs) And... Man, I'll tell you, I, I have really been struggling with my writing commitment... And it's starting to show, I just know that when I'm getting up there doing open mics that I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. And the bitter truth, at least of this dream, is that, as a stand-up comedian, is that writing and refining is the full-time gig. And there is just no end to how much writing and how much refining you can do. And I'm sort of at a point to where... I wrote not a ton of material last year. I wrote maybe about seven or eight new minutes of material that I was doing actively. Um, eh, Maybe a little more than that. I forgot about my bassoon bit. (laughs) So maybe about 15 15 new minutes and um, got 15 new minutes that I was feeling really good about. And then I had maybe another, you know, I I've experimented with maybe another 10 or 15, which was material that I liked 
I at least liked the the subject matter of it or where it was going, but I never quite it never felt good enough to put in front of an audience. And even when I would try it at open mics, it just seemed like, yeah, yeah, something's not quite in the pocket with this. And then I've been uh pretty uh lazy in terms of diving into that material and it's and a lot of it is because I'm starting to get into topics that I normally have not even wanted to talk about on my stand-up that I've actually really avoided I'm getting into like religion a little bit of politics um cultural issues started writing bits about the transgender movement which is you know you're you're just asking for trouble when you start going down those roads, but I want to start experimenting with how I can present my point of view or points of view on more deep topics, which can also be considered somewhat taboo to even talk about. Little yet try to do comedy because everybody's afraid of getting canceled. And I'm just not really afraid of getting canceled anymore. First of all, cancel me from what? And secondly, it's... I don't really think cancel culture is a thing. Not nearly as big as I think people try to make it out to be. Because at the end of the day, if people want to see you, they're going to see you regardless of whether or not you said something offensive. Unless you offended that particular... I mean the particular people who are offended won't come, chances are they weren't going to come anyway. So, you know, people are your fans because they're your fans. And as you know, I think as long as you don't do something diabolical, that's, that's very different. If you actually commit a heinous act and that comes out or whatever, then yeah, that's, that's a different scenario, but this whole, oh, somebody said the wrong thing. They're never going to do comedy again. I mean, you can lose jobs. You can lose gigs. Kevin Hart lost the Oscars, I think, because of some tweet that he did eight years ago, but it's not like it stopped Kevin Hart from doing comedy or performing. People still sold out, sell out audiences to see him. Same with... um uh, Shane Gillis, I think that's the comic, who um, was hired on at SNL. And then something that he said that was offensive got surfaced and he got fired from SNL. But he's doing fine now. Still at his Netflix special, still has an audience. You know, it, uh, I'm not saying it wasn't a setback for him, but I think there's a far greater consequence to not saying what you really think and what you really feel. Um, now, with comedy, to me, there's a huge asterisk on that, which is if it's funny. You can say and think what you feel as long as you can make it funny. While also understanding that funny is subjective, but I think where comedians miss, miss the distinction there is my opinion, my number one job as a comedian is to elicit laughter. 
my second objective can be if I want it to be having something to say and being honest and expressing a point of view. However, if those ever get reversed, it can be highly problematic if the comedian's primary objective becomes push an agenda or speak some truth or uh, show people what's what. And I have seen that a lot with comedians. I don't really see it with professional comedians, but I do see it with more amateur comedians where they, they think that just because they have a strong, maybe controversial opinion about something, that expressing that opinion, especially if it's shocking or maybe, you know, not mainstream or something, that that will somehow be funny. And being being truthful and being funny or expressing one's point of view or opinion and being funny are completely unrelated things. They literally have nothing to do with each other. So, and I mean, I still hear that comics you say like, well, I, I just want to tell the truth. It's like that your job isn't to tell the truth. Your job is to say things that are funny. And in as much as the truth is funny, then by all means, because sometimes the truth is funny, but sometimes the truth is not funny at all. Sometimes the truth is downright abysmal. Sometimes the truth is bleak and dark and horrific. And just because you're saying truthful, dark, bleak, horrific things doesn't mean it's funny. So I am always trying to navigate that line. I actually was told, I had a couple friends at my show who just said, you know, I talked about some darker topics and they said, yeah, it kind of made me uncomfortable. I didn't feel comfortable laughing because I was talking about some real stuff and still try to make it funny. And they said, yeah, you know, you brought us around and the jokes were good, but it was a little uncomfortable there for a minute. And so that's something that I've had to think about I'm going, oh, well, do I have a little bit too much of an agenda there to where I'm more concerned about expressing a point of view or an opinion than I am about the actual laughing uh, potential of what it is that I'm saying. And I mean, it's totally fine as a comedian to maybe break from the rhythm of trying to make somebody laugh every 15 to 30 seconds. I, you know, I get that. You can kind of mix it up, but it's stand-up comedy. And anything that isn't making people laugh is something else. Like, go do something else. Go be a public speaker or go monologue somewhere. But um, comedy is supposed to make people laugh. And if it ain't making people laugh, then it probably doesn't belong on a comedy stage. And, you know, I don't make the rules. So anyway... That's what I am trying to do is just make people laugh as much as possible. I'm trying to be as honest and truthful as I can within the framework of, yeah, but does it make people laugh when I stop talking? And if it doesn't or makes people uncomfortable or elicits another emotional response, well, then that's good to know because that gives me an opportunity to write and refine. So... That is what I am committing myself to doing this week is a increased dedication to writing new material, honing my material, and seeing how much 
new material I can pop out this year? How many, how much new material I can work into my basic rotation right now? Like when I did that 30 minutes the other night, probably half of it was new. Half of it was older stuff. Um, so yeah, it would be nice to have maybe 30 minutes of all stuff that's, you know, less than a year old. So I'll see how that goes. I'll see if I can, uh, no, I'm not going to see, I am going to recommit myself. That's right. Uh, definitive committing language. I am going to recommit to writing and refining and working on new material. And, uh, that's my goal for this week. And that is what I'm up to. So this has been Paul Green here with the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, January 29th, 2024, episode 61. A uh, dreamer out here going for it and uh, sharing, sharing my journey to all of you dreamers out there. So I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow when I have Sarah Williams here on the podcast. And I will talk to you all then. I love you all so much.